Welcome to Vape Village, the podcast for the Victorian Association for the Teaching of English. My name's Ernest Price, and I'm the Education Officer at Vape. We'll be using this podcast feed to spark discussion and connection within our community. We'd like to acknowledge that this podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and to pay our respect to Elders past, present and emerging. Recently, I was lucky to speak with Karis McEwen, who is a school librarian at Richmond and Paran High Schools. She's also the Victorian branch president for the Children's Book Council of Australia and served as a judge for the latest round of the CBCA Book Awards. Karis spoke to us about what kind of book recommendations we can make for the young people in our lives who are reading at home during this period of self-isolation. Karis is going to be a regular guest for us, making recommendations for teachers, parents and carers alike. Also feel free to share them directly with the young people in your life. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Good morning, Vape listeners, viewers, Vape pandemic world. My name is Ernest Price and I'm the Education Officer at VAIT and today I've got a really special guest uh, appearing via Zoom as all our guests appear now. That guest is Karis McEwen. Good morning, Karis. Good morning. Karis has several uh, job titles which are pertinent to this discussion. She's the librarian at Paran High School and also at Richmond High School. Um, Very competitive um, schools vying for her attention constantly. Um, but also, very importantly, she is the Victorian branch president of the Children's Book Council of Australia. And most pertinently, um, she is a judge for this year's CBCA Book Awards in the Older Readers category. That's right. And the shortlist was just announced this week as well. So that was very exciting. Absolutely. So what we thought we'd do today was um, get Karis to recommend um, some of the uh, the best books around at the moment for teachers um, to put our young uh, people at home with perhaps some extra time on their hands to read onto. So should we start with the year seven and eights, Karis? Yeah, sure. So I don't love putting age restrictions on books. I definitely have students that are reading at a more advanced level and students that are reading that's in terms of content and ability, uh, but sort of just to generalise for today, I do have a couple of books that are maybe more aimed at year sevens and eights. So the first one I wanted to recommend is this book, Monuments by Will Kostakis. Uh, it's a book that I hardly need to recommend to kids because as soon as I say that it's got mythology and adventure and it's set in a Sydney high school, they all want it pretty quickly. Um, it's a book that's drawn comparisons to Percy Jackson. Some people have called it the Australian Percy Jackson, but I think that doesn't really give it enough credit. Uh, it is a complete genre switch for Wilkes Darkus, something really different for him, and it's the first book in a duology. Uh, what I love most about it is that it does have all that action and adventure and suspense, but it also has plenty of heart uh, and the relationships between the characters are really well developed and will appeal to quite a wide audience. So the main character in it is actually 16 years old, but I've put it in the year seven and eight age bracket because I think any high schoolers would love this book and my year sevens and eights at my schools have been absolutely devouring it. 
fantastic. And I think Will writes relationships so well. Um, and so, as you say, for him to sort of sh- switch into that um, sort of mythology genre and to take that with him is something perhaps that readers aren't going to get from other books in that in that part of the literary world. Exactly. So the next book that I wanted to recommend is the oldest book on my list today, but it was published only in 2018. Um, It's just sort of like an enduring favourite for kids and kind of for adults as well. I think a lot of the books that I'm going to recommend today are obviously aimed at young people, but can be enjoyed by adults. So if you're a teacher or a parent and you'd like to read some of these books so that you can talk about them with the kids in your life, I think that would be really valuable as well. So this one, The Peacock Detectives, uh, is really, really beautiful um, adventure story set in country Victoria. Um, And the title obviously explains a little bit that it's about a girl whose neighbour's peacocks go missing and she has a reputation for being able to find lost things. So she goes on a hunt to try and find these peacocks. But along the way, she sort of starts to uh, realise that she's focusing on another mystery as well, and that is the unravelling puzzle of her own family and the complications within her um, immediate family. So it's a really warm and multi-layered story that is really thought-provoking but does have that sort of journey and, and sense of adventure in it as well. I think everybody's seeking a sense of adventure um, at the moment, something to take them outside those walls. Exactly, and that's a really nice one that has a blend of escapism, but also some sort of more relatable topics as well. Uh, So the third one that I wanted to recommend for Year 7s and 8s, oh, I don't actually have a copy of, sadly, but it's called The Little Wave by Pip Harry. Uh, It was shortlisted in the CBCA Awards for Younger Readers this week. So this is a really gorgeous verse novel uh, told in three different points of view from three different characters. And it does cover some pretty heavy topics for younger readers, but it is most importantly a really tender ode to new friendships and new beginnings. So um, those three points of view are three different characters that come from, uh, two come from the city and one comes from the country in New South Wales and they um, come together as a part of a a school uh, uh, excursion kind of thing that happens in Sydney. So what I really loved about the book is the verse uh, structure makes it really accessible to more reluctant readers. There's lots of space on the page it would be quite a quick read because uh, it's told in verse. But it also offers a lot for more avid readers to sort of delve into. So it's really, really impressive in that it is a, a novel that has literary merit, but it can also be enjoyed and be accessible to young people. I really love stories that, um, that balance that really well. And I think that sounds really nice. One of the things we've been talking about at um, debate over this period is ways for teachers to, I guess, have some sort of skills-based lessons that they can have whilst readers at home are reading a whole range of different texts. And perhaps if they're talking about point of view um, or if they're talking about that verse structure, that might be a really nice recommendation for them to make to their students. What else have you got for us? Uh, so my last one in the year seven and eight category is Take the Shot by Susan White. Um, 
basketball book. <laughs> um, so this book goes a really long way to break down that stereotype of um, the sporty kid that doesn't really like reading. I think a lot of young people um, get like sports books thrust into their hands uh, when they, uh, you know, prefer sport to reading, for mm. example, which is a strange binary anyway. Um, but I don't want to generalise at all, but I think those books that sometimes those kids get given really uh, rely heavily on stereotypes and follow pretty formulaic narratives. Um, but I love Take the Shot because it's a sports book that breaks free of that genre of the sports book. Um, it balances humour and lightness with some more serious topics. So the main character in the book is suffering from a pretty serious medical condition and it explores that. Uh, but it's just a well-written and sort of sensitive insight into the mind of a teenager who loves basketball, but that isn't the only thing that defines him. You know, he's got friends, he's got family, he's got this medical condition. There are other things happening in his life. And it's a really lovely narrative about those things. And that might be a really nice recommendation for teachers perhaps who are concerned about young people at home who are, I guess, missing that peer connection as well. I think one of the things I've been reflecting on is how much for a young person at the moment being stuck at home with adults is probably a little alienating. So being able to step into a book that explores the mind of another young person, I think would probably be a really good recommendation. Yeah, definitely. And I think teenagers are really, really good at spotting when adults write books about issues um, or try to preach to them. But none of the books on this list that I'm recommending do that. I think they they are all really relatable for teenagers. That's sort of the, the feedback that I've gotten anyway from the teenagers in my life that have read some of these books. And Take the Shot is definitely one of them. Before you launch into the older readers, I will just say Karis extensively road tests her selection. She runs book clubs at both Piranha Richmond High School with a lot of very opinionated young people. So these recommendations are coming well and truly road tested um, with some robust feedback, I imagine, from the young people in those book clubs. Absolutely. I wouldn't dare recommend a book that one of my kids had. <laughs> no, everyone's different, obviously, and it's um, so subjective. But, uh, yeah, some very opinionated teens in my book clubs, which I love, but they're so passionate about it. <laughs> uh, so moving on to year nine and ten, I've got four books to recommend for those, those age students or thereabouts. So the first one is uh, This Is How We Change the Ending by Vicky Wakefield, was also shortlisted this week on the older readers uh, category. So that was one that um, I helped to select. Uh, so Vicky Wakefield is just an absolute master at writing really complex, relatable teenage characters. And this story centers around an intelligent and creative young boy called Nate, who lives in a pretty rough suburb um, and is weighed down by the constraints of poverty and domestic violence and some other really big struggles. Um, but it is one of those books that encourages teenage readers to put themselves in someone else's shoes and develop a sense of empathy. It's a really thought-provoking and ultimately an uplifting read um, and the tone is just pitch perfect. I, I can't fault it at all and this is certainly one that adults would enjoy reading as well. It's interesting you mentioned that developing a sense of empathy at the moment. I know I've been corresponding with some of my uh, former students um, around this time who've you know, really empathetic and aware young people, but who've been struggling, I guess, to, to, to situate their communities and them, themselves in this global pandemic, um, given that we're so frequently told it doesn't affect 
young people. So that might be a really good book, obviously not directly about what's happening, but just to touch on that sort of broader question around empathy. Completely. Um, so the next one that I wanted to recommend is something completely different, and that is Four Dead Queens by Astrid Schultz. I'm not a huge um, fantasy or sci-fi buff, but I absolutely loved this, and I haven't found a student that didn't like it so far. It was also shortlisted this week, which is great because often genre fiction um, gets a bit left out of more literary awards, but I think this has a lot of literary merit um, which is why I helped select it. Um, it's a really interesting genre mashup. So it's a murder mystery, uh, it's got fantasy, it's got a bit of sci-fi and it also has elements of historical fiction in the world building which is really really uh, unique and this, the strongest part of this book is the world building. The world that the author creates is so unique and so vivid um, and although the story and the setting are quite complex. Um, the book also plays around with time in this really interesting non-linear way. Um, so even though it is quite complicated, the setup, but it just hooks you really quickly. You get into the rhythm and the pace of it. Um, and yeah, absolutely cannot put it down. And it, there is some violence in it. Obviously it's called Four Dead Queens, but it's not gratuitous. Uh, it's not inappropriate for the age range. So I would highly recommend it. It's a good book to sink your teeth in and completely escape at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, so the third one that I wanted to recommend is It Sounded Better In My Head by Nina Kenwood. Um, this is one of my personal favorite young adult books that has been published in the past 12 months. Um, and again, all the students that I've given it to have reported really, really great feedback from it. Uh, so the you, you've given it to a few adults too, haven't you? Yes, I <laughs> have given this to most of the adults in my life. I think it is a really, really perfect um, bit of nostalgia for adults to reflect upon um, their teenage years. So it's about a young girl who has just finished high school. So it's set in those few weeks between finishing high school and starting uni or whatever the next phase of um, your life may be. So it explores that transitional period um, really, really well and explores the idea of what that limbo feels like for young people. Uh, I really liked the realistic explorations of teen angst and things like the main character suffers from acne which you don't read a lot about in YA for whatever reason, because obviously that is something that teenagers uh, often experience. Um, but the main character in it, she's really funny and relatable. And I love that the story is sort of seemingly quite simple, but it just packs an emotional punch. Mm, sounds like a really um, deep sort of character work as well in terms of building up that complex understanding. So again, for teachers who perhaps are recommending these books but won't have a chance to read them themselves, these are some avenues for you to discuss that work with your students once they've sort of sunk their teeth in as well. What's your last recommendation for our older readers? Uh, just really quickly, I will say as well that all of these books have teacher notes available through wow, the websites. I, I went and checked that. So they're all available for anybody that is interested in that, as well as book club notes. So even if you were just using them um, in a more informal setting with young people, they do have um, provoking questions and things like that available. So the last book that I wanted to recommend, I don't have a copy of, and I'm going out on a bit of a limb here because I haven't read it. It's not even published. 
published yet. <laughs> um, it's going to be published at the end of April. It's called Please Don't Hug Me by Kay Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a perfect title for our current times. Text publishing, obviously, knew something. Mm -hmm. There are other young adult books that's being published this um, recently, is, uh, in a few months, is called Lona. So they certainly <laughs> <laughs> but Keiko, uh, well, she won the text prize. This is a really highly anticipated release from text publishing. Uh, the book is about a girl called Erin who is in her last year of school and is on the autism spectrum. So, uh, of course, it's going to be a really difficult time to launch a new book into the world. So I think it's really important if you can right now to support local authors. Uh, everyone on my list today is Australian and I sort of half did that on purpose and half didn't because I just think Australian writers are producing such amazing work right now. Um, but yeah, it would be a really difficult time to put a book out into the world. So if you can support local authors through that process, that would be fantastic. Um. I want to cover two more things with you before we go, and, and that list is absolutely amazing. Um, firstly, what are you reading in terms of sort of adult fiction at the moment, if there is such a thing? As you mentioned, many of the young people we work with read adult fiction, but what are you reading at the moment? Uh, so I'm a part of the Readings Non-Fiction Book Club, which sadly had to be cancelled this year, but they did tell us the books that were going, we were going to read so that we could read them should we wish. Um, and the first book, the title sums up uh, the world right now so perfectly. The title is The Shapeless Unease. <laughs> Um, and it's a memoir, obviously it's a non-fiction book club. Uh, it's a memoir about insomnia and uh, a year of not sleeping. So I haven't started reading it yet. It's by Samantha Harvey, but I'm just about to pick it up. Fantastic. Um, I just finished um, The Coconut Children by Vivian Pham. Again, one of the most, I guess, anticipated debut um, works by an author, I believe. She is 18, 19 years old. Um, the book was incredible, uh, just the sense of uh, character and place in that work. I think a lot of contemporary fiction sometimes form can be the most sort of prominent feature of the text. Um, this just absolutely blew me away with that complex sense of character. It's set in um, Western Sydney. Uh, it deals a lot with the experience of, of migration and the complexities around that uh, bit of a love story in there. Absolutely fantastic. In terms of accessing books at the moment, obviously librarians like Karis are working from home. I almost cried when my council local library shut. I've had several students email me distressed about their school libraries being shut. I personally am getting books um, delivered from my local independent bookstore. So um, I'm in Western Melbourne, the Sun Bookstore um, is doing deliveries, free deliveries by bicycle um, if you're at home in that area, otherwise fire Australia Post. What about you, Karis? How are you going to get your books? Yeah, so I'm doing the same thing. So in my area, Readings Malvern is doing free delivery at the moment. Uh, there are lots of local bookshops that are offering free or um, fairly cheap delivery. Uh, a lot of bookshops have closed now, but they're still doing online and phone orders. So there's a list on books and publishing magazine online that has all the bookshops as well as a map uh, in Melbourne, at least, for um, you to check 
which bookshops are doing delivery. The other thing is your local libraries have vast online collections. So if you're able to jump onto one of their websites, whether that's Yarra Libraries or Stonington or wherever you may be, uh, you can borrow eBooks, e-audio books, you can read newspapers and magazines. And for young people, you can also access all kinds of other digital resources to help with reading for pleasure or more curriculum-based study. And that might be something for uh, teachers and other school um, professionals to help young people with as they enter uh, term two, possibly working from home if they haven't yet joined up online, um, particularly for young people who might not have the financial capacity to be able to order books. Um, the libraries are still going to be a really useful resource for that if they've got that online connection, um, which we're going to be relying on heavily. Yes. <laughs> All right, Karis, thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with us today. We really appreciate it. I know that teachers and other educators will find this discussion really useful um, in talking with young people about what they're going to be reading over the coming days and weeks. So thank you again for your time. Thanks so much for having me. And if anybody reads any of those books and wants to let us know what they thought, please, um, yeah, get in touch. Absolutely. And we're trying, well, I'm trying to get the hashtag Vate Reads trending online where um, I'm hoping that um, Vate members will tell us what they've been reading. So you can either comment on our Facebook page or on our Twitter using that hashtag Vate Reads um, to let us know what you've been reading and to let us know what you thought of Karis's recommendations today. All right. Thank you again, Karis. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you so much to Karis McEwen for all of those recommendations. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, Karis will be joining us regularly throughout Term 2 with hints and tips as to what young people can read during this period of self-isolation. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast using your podcast provider. If you've got ideas for guests, or if you'd like to volunteer yourself, please contact me at educationofficer at vate.org.au. As always, we welcome feedback through social media, Facebook, Twitter, etc., or via email. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you stay safe and stay home if you can.